So you may have recognized today's theme. We are going to talk about love because the royal wet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we always start uh, each Sunday with a community conversation. Oh my gosh, look at that. Thanks, Julie. Oh, Cinderella, so perfect. All right, we'll, we'll talk about that later. So we're going to start our community conversation with the only thing relevant this week. So, Julie, if we could just have uh, our video. Yes, so this is what our community, it's the only thing, only thing we could possibly talk about this week. So you could play this, Julie. Uh, you've probably heard this like a jillion times this week, but we're going to play it again. All right, so if you are disconnected from the Internet, then what do you hear, Laurel or Yanny? How many Yannies? All right, so we... Who here is Laurel? Gosh, that's like, all right. All right, that's it. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. All right, again, Yannies? All right, one, two, three. Laurels? Golly, that's like 50, 50 I don't know. Well, I guess that's why. It went viral. All right, so that was the, the latest internet craze this week. The classic Laurel versus Yanny. <laughs> I hear Laurel, but... But, you know, I can... At first, I thought I heard Yanny, and then upon sec a second listen, I'm like, how... Yeah, I can't hear anything but Laurel. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Every, everyone is welcome at Mission Hills, whether you're a Laurel or a Yanny. It's truly, you know, our theology is wide enough for the whole swath, you know. All right, Pentecost. We've finally made it through. We've been working our way through Acts, but it's weird because the lectionary kind of works backwards. So we've been all the way through Acts, and now we're kind of almost going back to the beginning. Well, we went to Acts 1 last week, but we're finishing this week in Acts. It'd be good to finally get that off our chest. Uh, Acts 2, 1 through 21. I'm going to read this morning in the NRSV translation. And yeah, it's kind of long, so feel free to just listen. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? I love that. And how, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Par, uh, Parthians, Medes, Amalites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, 
Cretans and Arabs in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered, saying, they are filled with new wine. That means they're drunk. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea, all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. So this is not the brunch crowd. There's no mimosas. I thought about passing out mimosas this morning, but I wasn't sure if that was appropriate. Oh, should we do that next year? All right. Well, noted. All right. Pentecost next year will include mimosas. Tell your friends. Uh, It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens and signs above, on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So what do we say on Pentecost Sunday, uh, particularly in a week of so much violence, dissension, confusion, hate? If you can believe, I actually wrote that sentence before the school shooting in Santa Fe, so it's even more um, pertinent. Uh, You might have seen on Monday the U.S. moved the embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which led to protests and advocates um, in Gaza. This resulted in the death of 65 people shot down by the Israeli military. So perhaps you've seen some of the images this week. I think we have a couple. It's a, it was a really, it was a really wild scene if you saw any of the, any of the footage. Uh, I know that I, if you were anything like me, saw uh, friends or family posting all sorts of opinions and pictures online um, in accordance with the, the protests or opposed to protests. Um, it's, a, it's a conflict that's gone back to, to 1948, which the Pal- Palestinian people lost their land and uh, the society as they knew it. So this week uh, marks 70 years um, since the 800,000 Palestinians were exiled from their home. So this is something that the protests have been going on for, for weeks. Um, But, you know, we've got to the point where I realized this week that in some ways we've very much normalized this sort of violence. And then obviously we've seen that played out um, uh, in the, in sort of the mass shooting debate as well. Uh, But to put the, the, the shootings in uh, Gaza really, for some reason, stuck with me this week. Um, And to put things into context, Two administrations ago, uh, whenever uh, 14 uh, Palestinians were killed, there was uh, outrage in our country, and even our government and administration spoke out against uh, this type of killing. Uh, and so, just 16 years later, you have uh, you know 65 people killed, and there's nothing but defense. Right? We've normalized sort of um, this language and um, this type of violence. The Pentecost text says a lot, but one thing that it does say is, I will pour out my spirit onto all flesh. It is about a movement of the spirit 
onto all people. Two weeks ago, we, we talked about the Gentile uh, version of Pentecost in the home of Cornelius, in which uh, the love of the Spirit is realized by Peter in the, in the moment as the Spirit falls onto everyone, men and women, Jew and Gentile, as the text say, said today, slave and free. As we read a few weeks ago from Peter, uh, Peter realizes, quote, there are no distinctions in Christ. He also says, God shows no favoritism or partiality. It's not even necessarily personal, although the Spirit is within us. It's communal as well. So in Acts, we see this community of Jesus followers that begins in many ways as launched from Pentecost in the wild diversity given and blessed by the Spirit of God to all of these Jewish communities from all over, even the places I can't pronounce. Uh, They went out from their community proclaiming this good news, this radical love, peace, and grace to everyone and for everything. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, as the prophet Isaiah wrote. We know that the early Christians, they called themselves followers of the way. Notice they didn't say we're the belief or the doctrine, but the way. This signaled that being a follower of Jesus, this movement in the tradition of Jesus, meant living in a new way, meant living in a particular kind of way. Uh, The Gospel of John says, this is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love. As followers of Jesus that were later called Christians, meaning little Christ or small Christ, people whose lives so closely closely mirrored the life of Christ that they were considered versions of the Christ in the world. Christ, another word for everything. Jesus, the everything. Jesus, the everyone. Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one. The Spirit at Pentecost had anointed everyone in all of the world's beautiful diversity to go in the world and to do even greater things than Jesus. Yet we see tribalism still controls much of our global thinking. We still find it easier to ban, to exile, to build walls than it is to love and give grace to outsiders. We would rather trust in our urge to kill than turn our guns into dust. We would rather create enemies and, and then see, what God's spirit, that, see that God's spirit has fallen on everyone and has already blessed everything. We would rather pillage the earth for its finite resources than care for her with the renewable and clean energy that she provides. Um, perhaps you even saw the, vi- uh, the uh, clip or um, read a news article about our own leader referring to people this week as animals. And I quote, these are not people, these are animals. Um, Later in the week, we know that this statement was doubled down, calling again other human beings, quote, animals. We've seen this over and over again. We've seen this in Rwanda in 1994, when the Hutus referred to the Tutsi people as cockroaches, this verbal form of dehumanization that is ingrained in the mindset and culture so deeply that they were eventually slaughtered by their own brothers and sisters, resulting then in over half a million people killed. We saw the same thing in Nazi Germany when Jews were slandered and called vermin or a variety of other slang terms. Our language matters. The way we talk about each other matters. The way we understand God's spirit moving in our world and moving in our lives 
matters. The movement of spirit of the Spirit at Pentecost is God's love and power falling not on one person, not on one particular group of people, but God's Spirit demonstrating the embrace of all of the diversity in God's self and considering it good and beautiful, reminding us once again that we are good and beautiful. It is about all people hearing God in his or her own language, not conforming to a certain standard, but opening to the Spirit's endless possibilities throughout, through this love. This is the inclusivity of God's Spirit. Pentecost is the birth of the church, gathered and then dispersed. In the same way that the beginning of Genesis, God created the universe, putting into motion and naming it good. The Spirit is... <laughs> The Spirit is most often uh, described as something in motion, uh, wind, fire, water, power, voice, love. The great father Richard Rohr wrote a long uh, litany about the Holy Spirit where he, he gave all these names to the Holy Spirit, and I'll read a few of my favorites. The great compassion, generosity of the Creator, the one sadness, our shared joy, God's tears, God's happiness, the welcoming within the hidden love of God, the nonviolence of God, excuse me, the fire of life and love. In our text today, Peter recognizes this moment as God's movement in human history, doing something new through the Spirit and then connects it to the book of Joel. God's movement continues today, but still requires us to listen and hear, just as this group at Pentecost did. Are we hearing the Spirit's call today to love? Not a word I often throw around in, in church in the same way, like, because it's kind of sappy, I think, but love, love, yes. But in, in light of the violence this week and the refusal for our culture and society to recognize human rights and immigration and uh, you know, confirmation of a CIA director who oversaw the torture of other human beings this week and the casual slaughter of 35, or 65 brothers and sisters by a U.S. ally. I think the Spirit today is calling us to love. Uh, one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Winston Yellen, came out with a new album last week and uh, has a great quote in one of his songs that says, love comes with a heavy cost. Love comes with a heavy cost. Love makes us vulnerable. If you've ever been the first in a relationship to launch the three little words, I love you, be honest, has anyone ever been told that um, they've been loved and they've said thank you? You said thank you? You didn't say I love you back? <laughs> you know the vulnerability of love whenever you're the first to launch those three words and then it feels like an infinite pause as you wait to hear them back. Love makes us vulnerable. Love comes with a heavy cost. Are we hearing the voice of the Spirit today? I think Pentecost is useless if it's only a nostalgic look at the past where we uh, venerate how great of a moment this was. Love opens up to, uh, us open to new possibilities today. Love makes us powerless, but that's the magic of love. Love creates space for a new reality to form. Love is the space where we can be transformed. When we hate, when we control, when we blame, when we refuse to listen, we are un unable to change 
and unable to love. The Spirit is calling us into a new love this morning. I think it's the most needed force in our lives, this force of the Spirit that, call, that uh, calls us to love, to heal both our relationships, our society, and the planet. The movement of the Spirit generates this love within the disciples at Pentecost in order for this group to go out into the world and enact new ways of love. So speaking of love, the royal wedding. Did anybody watch the royal wedding? All right, fine, all right. That's actually, we can talk about that later. Uh, so uh, I watched part of the royal wedding. I don't have that kind of patience or time. Um, but I did watch the sermon. Did anybody see the sermon? Great sermon. Um, and I would like to read a little bit of um, his bit on love. He said, love is not selfish and self-centered. Love can be sacrificial, and in doing so, becomes redemptive. And that way of unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive love changes lives. And it can change this world. If you don't believe me, just stop and think or imagine. Imagine. Think and imagine. Well, think and imagine a world where love is the way. Imagine our homes and families when love is the way. Imagine neighborhoods and communities where love is the way. Imagine governments and nations where love is the way. Imagine business and commerce when love is the way. Imagine this tired old world when love is the way. Unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive. When love is the way, then no child will go to bed hungry in this world. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. When love is the way, poverty will become history. When love is the way, the earth will be a sanctuary. When love is the way, we will lay down our swords and shields down by the riverside to study war no more. When love is the way, there is plenty good room, plenty good room for all of God's children because when love is the way, when we actually treat each other well, like we are actually family, when love is the way, we know that God is the source of all of us and we are brothers and sisters and the children of God. My brothers and sisters, that's a new heaven, that's a new earth, and that's a new world, a new human family. And let me tell you something. Solomon was right in the Old Testament. That's fire. That's fire. Are we willing to love even at a heavy cost? What does it mean for you to open yourself up to God's love? God speaks into everyone's life through this love. One New Testament writer even said, God is love. Jesus demonstrated God's love even to the point of his own death. Love comes with a heavy cost. So friends, may we love well. May we deepen our relationships with this love. And may we heal our world with the gift of this good love that moves through our very being. Let's pray. God, this morning may we meditate that you are love that you are in motion, moving through our bodies, moving through our community, moving through our world. May we recognize the violence and hurt, but may we also recognize the love. May we not focus so much on all the things that are 
going wrong, but the ways that we can make it right, the way that your love compels us, moves us, changes us, transforms us to make it right.